Welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, the podcast that brings you through the entire Bible in 260 days. Have you ever wanted to read the whole Bible but struggled to do so? This podcast is meant to help you do it. With five 15 to 20 minute episodes per week, you will hear the entire Bible read to you. There will also be occasional brief notes to help explain context, as well as a concluding question or thought to consider. So welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, your journey through the Bible in 260 days. Welcome to episode 196. Today we continue in the book of Isaiah where we left off last time, and we'll be reading from Jeremiah 11 to 13 and 2 Corinthians 12. And as we go through this, we'll see... Uh, this back and forth between God and Jeremiah, in which God calls out the people for the evil ways, their evil and, it, and the injustice they do. And Jeremiah says, what about justice for other people who do evil? And God responds again with a, a message, message of judgment, but also a message of grace. And what's amazing about this whole interaction is we see that God is a God who takes evil seriously who will bring justice, but who also offers grace and mercy to those who turn to him. And we'll see this throughout this passage, as well as in our second passage from 2 Corinthians 12. So let's get into Jeremiah 11 to 13 and hear about evil, justice, and grace. Jeremiah 11. The Lord said to Jeremiah, Hear the terms of the covenant I made with Israel and pass them on to the people of Judah and the citizens of Jerusalem. Tell them that the Lord, the God of Israel, says, Anyone who does not keep the terms of the covenant will be under a curse. Those are the terms that I charged your ancestors to keep when I brought them out of Egypt, that place that was like an iron-smelting furnace. I said at that time, Obey me and carry out the terms of the covenant exactly as I commanded you. If you do, you will be my people, and I will be your God. Then I will keep the promise I swore on oath to your ancestors to give them a land flowing with milk and honey. That is the very land that you still live in today. And I responded, Amen, let it be so, Lord. The Lord said to me, Announce all the following words in the towns of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem. Listen to the terms of my covenant with you and carry them out, for I solemnly warned your ancestors to obey me. I warned them again and again, ever since I delivered them out of Egypt until this very day. But they did not listen to me or pay attention, any attention to me. Each one of them followed the stubborn inclinations of his own wicked heart. So I brought on them all the punishments threatened in the covenant because they did not carry out its terms as I commanded them to do. The Lord said to me, The people of Judah and the citizens of Jerusalem have plotted rebellion against me. They have gone back to the evil ways of their ancestors of old, who refused to obey what I told them. They too have paid allegiance to other gods and worshipped them. Both the nation of Israel and the nation of Judah have violated the covenant I made with their ancestors. So I, the Lord, say this, I will soon bring disaster on them that they will not be able to escape. When they cry out to me for help, I will not listen to them. Then those living in the towns of Judah and in Jerusalem will go and cry out for help to the gods to whom they have been sacrificing. However, those gods will will by no means be able to save them when disaster strikes them. This in spite of the fact that the people of Judah have as many gods as they have towns, and the citizens of Jerusalem have set up as many altars to sacrifice to that disgusting god Baal as they have streets in the city. But as for you, Jeremiah, do not pray for these people. Do not raise a cry of prayer for them, 
for I will not listen to them when they call out to me for help when disaster strikes them. The Lord says to the people of Judah, What right do you have to be in my temple, my beloved people? Many of you have done wicked things. Can your acts of treachery be so easily cancelled by sacrificial offerings that you take up the joy of doing evil even while you make them? I, the Lord, once called you a thriving olive tree, one that produced beautiful fruit, but I will set you on fire, fire that will blaze with a mighty roar. Then all your branches will be good for nothing. For though I, the Lord of heaven's armies, planted you in the land, I now decree that disaster will come on you, because the nations of Israel and Judah have done evil and have made me angry by offering sacrifices to the god Baal. The Lord gave me knowledge that I might have understanding. Then he showed me what the people were doing. Before this, I had been like a docile lamb ready to be led to the slaughter. I did not know they were making plans to kill me. I did not know they were saying, let's destroy the tree along with its fruit. Let's remove Jeremiah from the world of the living so people will not even be reminded of him anymore. So I said, O Lord of heaven's armies, you are a just judge. You examine people's hearts and minds. I want to see you pay them back for what they have done because I trust you to vindicate my cause. Then the Lord told me that some men from Anathoth who were threatening, were, who were threatening to kill me, they had threatened, saying, Stop prophesying in the name of the Lord, or we will kill you. So the Lord of heaven's army said, I will surely punish them. Their young men will be killed in battle. Their sons and daughters will die of starvation. Not one of them will survive. I will bring disaster on those men from Anathoth who threatened you. A day of reckoning is coming for them. Lord, you have always been fair whenever I have complained to you. However, I would like to speak with you about the disposition of justice. Why are the wicked people successful? Why do all dishonest people have such easy lives? You plant them like trees and they put down their roots. They grow prosperous and are very fruitful. They always talk about you, but they really care nothing about you. But you, Lord, know all about me. You watch me and you test my devotion to you. Drag these wicked men away like sheep to be slaughtered. Appoint a time when they will be killed. How long must the land be parched and the grass and every field be withered? How long must the animals and the birds die because of the wickedness of the people who live in this land? For these people boast, God will not see what happens to us. And the Lord answered Jeremiah, saying, If you have raced on foot against men, and they have worn you out, how will you be able to compete with horses? And if you feel secure only in safe and open country, how will you manage in the thick undergrowth along the Jordan River? As a matter of fact, even your own brothers and the members of your own family have betrayed you as well. Even they have plotted to do away with you. So do not trust them even when they say kind things to you. I will abandon my nation. I will forsake the people I call my own. I will turn my beloved people over to the power of their enemies. The people I call my own have turned on me like a lion in the forest. They have roared defiantly at me, so I will treat them as though I hate them. The people I call my own attack me like birds of prey or like hyenas, but other birds of prey are all around them. Let all the nations gather together like wild beasts. Let them come and destroy these people I call my own. Many foreign rulers will ruin the land where I planted my people. They will trample all over my chosen land. They will turn my beautiful land into a desolate wilderness. They will lay it waste. It will lie parched and empty before me. The whole land will be laid waste, but no one living in it will pay any heed. 
A destructive army will come marching over the hilltops in the wilderness, for the Lord will use them as a destructive weapon against uh, against everyone from one end of the land to the other. No one will be safe. My people will sow wheat, but will harvest weeds. They will work until they are exhausted, but they will get nothing from it. They will be disappointed in their harvest because the Lord will take away, take them away in his fierce anger. I, the Lord, also have something to say concerning the wicked nations who surround my land and have attacked and plundered the land that I gave to my people as a permanent possession. I say this, I will uproot the people of those nations from their land and I will free the people of Judah who have been taken there. But after I have uprooted the people of those nations, I will relent and have pity on them. I will restore the people of each of those nations to their own lands and to their own country. But they must make sure to learn to follow the religious practices of my people. Once they taught my people to swear their oaths using the name of the god Baal. But then they must swear oaths using my name saying, As surely as the Lord lives, I swear. If they do these things, then they will be included among the people I call my own. But I will completely uproot and destroy any of those nations that will not pay heed, says the Lord. The Lord said to me, Go and buy some linen shorts and put them on. Do not put them in water. So I bought the linen shorts in keeping with the Lord's instructions and put them on. Then the Lord's message came to me again. Take the shorts that you have bought and are wearing and go at once to Parath. Bury the shorts there in a crack in the rocks. So I went and I buried them in the Parath as the Lord ordered me to do. Many days later, the Lord said to me, Go at once to Parath and get the shorts I ordered you to bury there. So I went to Parath and dug up the shorts from the place where I had buried them. I found that they were ruined. They were good for nothing. Then the Lord's message came to me, saying, I, the Lord, say, This shows how I will ruin the highly exalted position in which Judah and Jerusalem take pride. These wicked people refuse to obey what I have said. They follow the stubborn inclinations of their own hearts and pay allegiance to other gods by worshiping and serving them. So they will become just like these linen shorts that are good for nothing. For, I say, just as shorts cling uh, tightly to a person's body, so I bound the whole nation of Israel and the whole nation of Judah tightly to me. I intended for them to be my special people and to bring me fame, honor, and praise. But they would not obey me. So tell them, the Lord, the God of Israel says, every wine jar is made to be filled with wine. And they will probably say to you, do you not think we know that every wine jar is supposed to be filled with wine? Then tell them, the Lord says, I will soon fill all the people who live in this land with stupor. I will also fill the kings from David's dynasties, the priests, the prophets, and the citizens of Jerusalem with stupor. And I will smash them like wine bottles against one another, children and parents alike. I will not show any pity, mercy, or compassion. Nothing will keep me from destroying them, says the Lord. Then I said to the people of Judah, Listen and pay attention. Do not be arrogant, for the Lord has spoken. Show the Lord your God the respect that is due him. Do it before he brings the disaster and darkness on you. Do it before you stumble into distress like a traveler on the mountains at twilight. Do it before he turns the light of deliverance that you hope for into the darkness and gloom of exile. But if you will not pay attention to this warning, I will weep alone because of your arrogant pride. I will weep bitterly, and my eyes will overflow with tears because you, the Lord's flock, will be carried into exile. The Lord told me, Tell the king and the queen mother, 
Surrender your thrones, for the, your glorious crowns will be removed from your heads. The gates of the towns in southern Judah will be shut tight. No one will be able to go in or out of them. All Judah will be carried off into exile. They will be completely carried off into exile. Then I said, Look up, Jerusalem, and see the enemy that is coming from the north. Where now is the flock of people that you were entrusted to your care? Where now are the sheep that you take such pride in? What will you say when the Lord appoints as rulers over you those allies that you yourself had actually prepared as such? Then anguish and agony will grip you like that of a woman giving birth to a baby. You will probably ask yourself, Why have these things happened to me? Why have I been treated like a disgraced adulteress whose skirt has been torn off and her limbs exposed? It is because you have sinned so much. But there is little hope for you ever doing good. You are so accustomed to doing evil. Can an Ethiopian change the color of his skin? Can a leopard remove its spots? The Lord says, That is why I will scatter your people like chaff. That is blown away by a desert wind. This is your fate, the destiny to which I have appointed you, because you have forgotten me and have trusted in false gods. So I will pull your skirt up over your face and expose you to shame like a disgraced adulteress. People of Jerusalem, I have seen your adulterous worship, your shameless prostitution too, and your, and your lustful pursuit of other gods. I have seen your disgusting acts of worship on the hills throughout the countryside. You are doomed to destruction. How long will you continue to be unclean? Just another devastating passage in which God describes the evil the people have done, the justice that will come upon them. But I hope you noticed in the middle as well a note of grace that those who turn to God and repent and turn to him, that he will show them grace and he will bring them and make them his own. And now we turn to Second Corinthians chapter 12. And in this section, the Apostle Paul is continuing uh, his explanation to the people about uh, his own life, his own struggles, uh, the way God has humbled him, but also the fact that he has suffered much because he has experienced God's grace and looks to God's grace for the strength that he needs each and every day in the midst of trial, hardship, and struggle, recognizing that through all these things, God is actually holding on to him and caring for him. So let's read from 2 Corinthians chapter 12. It is necessary to go on boasting, though it is not profitable, I will go on to visions and revelations from the Lord. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago, whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know, God knows, was caught up to the third heaven. And I know that this man, whether in the body or apart from the body, I do not know, God knows, was caught up into paradise and heard things too sacred to be put into words, things that a person is not permitted to speak. On behalf of such an individual, I will boast, but on my own behalf, I will not boast except about my weaknesses. For even if I wish to boast, I will not be a fool, for I would be telling the truth. But I refrain from this so that no one may regard me beyond what he sees in me or what he hears from me, even because of the extraordinary character of the revelations. Therefore, so that I would not become arrogant, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to trouble me, so that I would not become arrogant. I asked the Lord three times about this, that it would depart from me. But he said to me, My grace is enough for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. 
So then, I will boast most gladly about my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may reside in me. Therefore, I am content with weaknesses, with insults, with troubles, with persecutions and difficulties for the sake of Christ. For whenever I am weak, then I am strong. I have become a fool. You yourselves forced me to do it, for I should have been commended by you. For I lack nothing in comparison to those super apostles, even though I am nothing. Indeed, the signs of an apostle were performed among you with great perseverance by signs and wonders and powerful deeds. For how were you treated worse than the other churches, except that I myself was not a burden to you? Forgive me this injustice. Look, for the third time I am ready to come to you, and I will not be a burden to you, because I don't, do not want your possessions, but you. For children should not have to save up for their parents, but parents for their children. Now I will most gladly spend and be spent for your lives. If you love, if I love you more, am I to be loved less? But be that as it may, I have not burdened you. Yet because I was a crafty person, I took you in by deceit. I have not taken advantage of you, though through anyone I have sent to you, have I? I urged Titus to visit you, and I sent our brother along with him. Titus did not take advantage of you, did he? Did we not conduct ourselves in the same spirit? Did we not behave in the same way? Have you been thinking all this time that we have been defending ourselves to you? We are speaking in Christ before God, and everything we do, dear friends, is to build you up. For I am afraid that somehow when I come, I will not find you as I wish, and you will not find me as you wish. I'm afraid that somehow there may be quarreling, jealousy, intense anger, selfish ambition, slander, gossip, arrogance, and disorder. I'm afraid that when I come again, my God may humiliate me before you, and I will grieve you, grieve for many of those who have previously sinned and have not repented of the impurity, sexual immorality, and licentiousness that they have practiced. And we'll leave it there and hear the conclusion to Paul's letter to the church in Corinth at the next episode. But here again, we see the Apostle Paul calling the people to live in response to God's grace and love in a new living life. And Paul himself is recognizing that even though God has showed him all these incredible wonders of the third heaven, as he describes, God also sent him a way to keep him humble so that Paul would not be filled with pride in his experiences, but would continue to recognize this amazing phrase where Paul says, God told him, my grace is enough for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. And so Paul basically is reminded himself, and I hope it's a good reminder for us, that God's grace is the power that we need in daily life to live for him in humility and in love. Thanks for listening to the Bible in 260 podcast. May what you have heard speak to your heart and mind today. The scriptures quoted are from the Net Bible, http netbible.com, copyright 1996, 2019, used with permission from Biblical Studies Press, LLC, all rights reserved. Our theme song for the podcast is The Call by Emily Ruth. You can find The Call and other music by Emily Ruth on Apple Music or Spotify or wherever you find your music. You are